It's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League is back, and we had a lot of goals in this opening weekend. European champions Liverpool finally slapped that this is Anfield sign as they robbed Norwich 4-1. But at what cost last year's three-competition gold glove winning superstar beautiful human being Allison strained his calf in the win as newcomer Adrian makes his first appearance for the Reds. Bright and early on Saturday morning, Manchester City sliced through West Ham like a hot knife through butter as the reigning champs won 5-0. Raheem Sterling starting the season hot with a hat trick. Tottenham went down early to Aston Villa, but thanks to a second-half push, were able to get a 3-1 win over the Villains. And Dombele scores on his Premier League debut, and Harry Kane gets a late brace, scoring in the 86th and 90th minute. And that ever-important over hits in that one. On Sunday, Arsenal went up to Newcastle winning 1-0 thanks to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as last year's Cole Golden Boot winner opened his account for the 2019-2020 season. Aubameyang has now scored 33 Premier League goals since making his debut in the EPL. That's at least 15 more than any other Arsenal player in that time frame. And last, and certainly not least, in the big matchup of the weekend, saw Chelsea travel to Old Trafford to take on Manchester United. United had that electric counterattack running in the second half and beat down Frank Lampard's Blues 4-0. Christian Pulisic makes his debut for Chelsea, and it's safe to say the internet was not stoked about it. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. Alex Moss in here. We got Javier Revelo. Hey, Fellas, how great was it to be back on Friday afternoon? I know I was happy. It was awesome. I know. I mean, Alex... I mean, he seems to not have not care about that four nil, so he'll probably say he's great too, just because the footy's back. But yeah, just wait. Ball's back. Yeah, footy's back. So we're both great, but the the result couldn't couldn't bother. Uh, you know, a narrow one nil and. Uh, I have the most like bittersweet ta- like taste in my mouth. A result yeah, right. about that game, uh, Alex. Do you have anything to say to me, by the way? No, nothing whatsoever. You're, you're not. Get, you're not going to apologize for, for. He's out for two months. He's not out I was for two right. months. He's not out for two months. He's out for four. To Definitely eight weeks. out for the Arsenal game. He's out for four to eight out weeks. Out for the Last Arsenal game. Aubameyang, Pepe, months. and Locke you, are all going to have I a field want, day. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for him getting hurt. I just want your apology for putting that at, that negative energy out in my universe. That's all I want. That's all you have to apologize for. Well, you can wait for a long time because. Uh, I mean, All right. I was just okay. calling it as I saw then I'm going to stop. I'm stop. I, I'm going to stop promoting the, the podcast on social media then until Alex apologizes. So that that's that's it. Yeah, that's here we go. So th- down Andrew's goes hurting down the goes the page views. Because, uh, down goes down goes the page views. That would hurt me a lot more if I didn't also have access to the the, the social yeah, media. Yeah, but <laughs> none of you guys have over a thousand followers on Twitter. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> You've you've been steadily moving towards brick house anyway. You don't care about us anyway. You know you've got yeah, your that's new your toy. Real you got your you new Ferrari yeah, you you that like, you're like uh, enjoying. <laughs> you put all your effort Ferrari into that anyway. You, you checked out ages ago, Andrew. All right, say say what you want. I'll quit. Like I'll walk away. Like that's fine. I could. Do you know what I? Do you know? You realize that I've been at the office. I thought you'd already quit. Did work? you say on Twitter that you were out? Yeah, I did. Until he apologized. I did. I did say that I'm out. So this is officially my last podcast until until Alex decides that he wants to apologize. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a lot of drama here on the Girl Skull podcast. It's okay. I mean, I Alex mean, is clearly sticking to his guns because he's knows they're going to get their ass beat on Wednesday night in Istanbul. But that's fine. I, I Oh, yeah. No, well, of course. Why wouldn't we? we? We haven't won a Super Cup since the 90s. <laughs> We've been piped every time we go to the Super Cup. I'm not anticipating it to improve anytime soon. What, the, the but two I'm still times? getting off work early to watch it. Still getting off early, just in case we pull off some crazy upset. It's on that ESPN Plus shit, right? Yes, sir. Which I'm now, unfortunately, paying for because they got the best of me during the FA Community it. Shield. And I know it it's is. It's the I Netflix definitely... of sports. It honestly is. It has Syria, MLS, it's uh, the Dutch League. They're going to add more. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And Well, apparently they're going to do some super package where you can play, pay like 12 or twelve ninety nine a month for like that, Disney Plus, and... They're gonna give you Hulu with it too, which is like kind of an unbeatable deal. It might be seventeen ninety nine a month Vince or twelve. I don't know. It's over. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's it. That's all of it. Uh, but let's get over. Let's get over. Let's let's talk about the big one for the weekend, and that would be Manchester United's four nil drubbing of Chelsea. Manchester United getting on the the score sheets early with a Rashford goal, then Martial scoring in the second half, Rashford scoring shortly thereafter, and Dan- new boy Daniel James getting on the score sheet. Uh, Alex, how painful was this one? Because I felt Chelsea were in this. I the, felt the, the score least line painful of a away thumping that I've ever felt. Like in context of six months ago, was it? Not even that long ago, back in uh, March or April when we lost 6 0 at Manchester City. It's only a two goal difference between those score lines, but that just felt so much more helpless and like uh, the team wasn't responding to the direction at all after months of supposedly working on it under Sari. This is obviously the first game of the season, first real competitive game of the season. Um, and compared to that City game, we largely outplayed United, I would say, for about 55% of the game. They obviously had their spells and they made their five shots on target count and scored four goals. And we were wasteful, as we have been for the last two or three years. It's been a problem and uh, on, on one end of the field, not being able to score goals. And it's been an even bigger problem on the other end, not being able to pressure high up enough on the field to, for consistent amounts of time to keep us from being opened up on the counterattack. So after about, when was when were the second and third goals scored? Like midway through the second half and they were scored like one like after the other? 60th minute, 63rd right. minute, it, I want to say. The, the penalty obviously like is a little unlucky and Zuma makes a mistake and really pays for it. And that puts us in a bad position to where United can afford to just sit back and counter for the rest of the game and, and get those easy chances that they got. But um, it, it felt more like a two, like I would after like a two nil a lot uh, loss away. It didn't feel like a four nil thumping, like the, in terms of like the way we played and the overall performance of the team, given who we were missing. So I was just, I was just kind of like, I'm not going to overreact because there's a million teams every year. And this year included, I could go into a bunch of teams around the Premier League that my opinion of them does not change because of that opening result. I don't think Norwich are getting relegated like everyone else seems to think because they lost 4-1 away at the European champions. I don't think Watford are going to continue to lose 3-0 at home to to teams that ended the season uh, down near the relegation zone last year. There's... I'm not necessarily a believer that Sheffield United are going to stay up just because they went to Bournemouth and got a decent result. It's it's all just one game. I'm just kind of like just 
keep playing games, keep using uh, new players and new systems as they become available. And, you know, we'll find something eventually. Like having N'Golo Conte and Antonio Rudiger back, you know, it can't hurt. There were a number of players that got their Chelsea de- either debut in that game or got their first game for Chelsea in a long time. Like Kurt Zuma playing his first game in a long time. Mason Mount has probably played for Chelsea in some capacity before this, as has Tammy Abraham. And obviously Pulisic all come on. Of those four... Who would you say impressed you the most on Sunday? Well, you can automatically rule out Zuma and probably Pulisic, even though he did have like one or two good runs where he really took uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka on, who up to that point had been shutting down Ross Barkley and Mason Mount and whoever drifted out to that wing. So Pulisic wasn't completely hopeless, but he just didn't have enough time and the game wasn't really in that much of, a, of the balance when, when he finally got uh, introduced to the game. But it's probably somewhere between Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. And, and those two players made uh, a handful of great uh, decisions and a handful of not so great decisions that, you know, directly or indirectly uh, led to us screwing up the multitude of counterattacking chances we had when we won the ball high up the field. So I'm, I'm expecting them to obviously improve with more experience not only in the the top flight but more experience in this team with these this group of players there's more to go into in terms of like the tactical setup of not of only playing with one winger and that winger being pedro who went and had one of the worst games i've seen him have in a chelsea shirt um but yeah i mean william is another one who i'm not like crazy about but uh, i can't i can't deny that he'll probably improve the team when he comes back so there's tons of room to improve obviously and four nil and it's been said by every pundit on this side of the ocean and on the other side, but 4-0 didn't act like accurately represent like what the actual game was like if you watched it. No, I would agree. I would totally agree. From a, from a Man United standpoint, though, I thought uh, Harry Maguire had an absolutely fantastic debut. He got a man in the match, and he really he, he had like one pass that he misplaced in the first half, but other than that, the guy was pretty much impeccable, won every single header that came into the area, uh, won every latch-ditch tackle, and was able to cover Shaw like brilliantly throughout the game. And it even let Shaw push up further and further as he got more comfortable with Maguire. You could tell in the first half they were a bit uncomfortable. But in the second half, Shaw just started motoring up the field and ended up getting one or two assists in the game. And yeah, just it was, I think, a kind of scary performance from United in the sense that they didn't play that well. But they won 4-0, and it kind of shows that this team has good finishers. They aren't going to be missing goals. Um, I thought Pereira did really well. Uh, I I mean, Wambisaka also was absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to be an instant hit. You could tell just he was one of the best players on the pitch. And when he was at Palace, you could tell he was one of the best players, you know, when he was up against big teams and would shut down their really good attackers. But even on a team full of superstars like Man United, Pogba and everything, it, it felt like Juan Bissaka was the best player on the pitch or, or close to it You know, most of the time. He's such a fun player to watch and just so so brilliant defensively. It's yeah, it's just, You very rarely get a fullback like that that comes around. Um, and it makes you think that he's probably going to give Trent, Trent a real big run for his money in the England team. And yeah, the, England's got a glut of right backs to choose from. That's the opposite. Uh, and in terms <laughs> a of glut uh, is the opposite it's, it's, that they have no right backs. 
<laughs> they've got, I think the word you're trying to say is gluttony. Yeah, th- yeah, gluttony. That's what I was thinking of, but I thought that was like the the root of that would be come from that. But yeah, no, I I made. Well. So yeah, England has a litany of right backs to choose from, and this Man United team, it's young. Uh, they're they're coming up, and I don't know. Th- I think this is absolutely the perfect start for them. I think this is something that they can build on, and. Yeah, it's just they're going to get all the fans behind the team now, and and it feels like you know they just got to keep Pogba and 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 build around what they have. I think they have all the all the pieces there. They still have Alexis Sanchez coming back into this team, and yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really really good performance tactically. You know, he got Mason Greenwood minutes. Daniel James got his first goal coming in off the bench. All of the Man United new boys had fantastic debuts, and yeah, just. Uh, every it's a dream start for Manchester United, and then like Alex said for Chelsea, I mean, I don't agree that this result shouldn't feel bad. It should because you shouldn't be losing four nil like the opening day of the season at all. I think Chelsea came in the first half and just I was kind of surprised at how attacking they were and how much they came to just go at Man United. And, and I mean, they could have gotten the first goal. There was a time. There was I think a, a moment in the game where it was zero zero and Chelsea hit the post. Twice. And, yeah, I mean, it could have been a different game that when if Chelsea had you know one or two of their chances go in in the first half, but at the same time, I was surprised that they kept that up and they kept you know just trying to didn't bring on Ingolo Conte early on in the second half, which I thought could have stemmed a lot of the bleeding that happened. They they wouldn't have gone down you know two or three nil because as soon as Ingolo came on, you could tell he came on when it was already four nil, but you could tell that you know he he had a big big presence when he came on. And yeah, I don't know if tactically Frank is going to be all there in the Premier League. It might take a lot of trial and error for him to. To I don't know about that. Know, more more games like this. To, I don't know about that, man. That's what I, I mean I about try, don't, more... don't overreact on one game, dude. <laughs> it's one game. In the end, he made the right changes, but I think he made them a little bit too late. Frank has more experience coaching in England than than. Uh... Than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has like Frank has an entire not in the Premier League. I didn't yeah. say I didn't say Premier League. I said England. Like like he has an entire year of of working tactically in the Championship. I, I, look, I don't. I'm not going to say he got everything right. I think United got lucky. Like I'm not convinced. Like yeah, we Bissaka, were more shit than they were good. Yeah, yeah. I would. That's exactly what I was going to say. Juan Bissaka had a good game, as did Harry Maguire. But that's pretty but, scary. They had like, like a wait. they had like a not great game, and they won four. Yeah, nil. but because like they got lucky, and Chelsea couldn't score for shit. Like yeah. let's wait and see when when they play a, a team that's clinical on the ball. Like that. Like we talked about this last week, and this is my biggest question about Chelsea going into the season. How are they going to score goals? They didn't answer that question this week. Like that's that's I'm not like I'm not going to say that United were, were poor, but they definitely benefited no, they, from Chelsea. They were not the better team at their it's, sharpest. They were, and like obviously they were the better team. They scored four goals and we scored none. Like at, at some point, that's that has to matter for something. And four goals is pretty convincing. But at the same time, they're not going to be playing teams that leave themselves wide open at the back every week. They're going to be playing Wolves next week, who will sit deep on them. And they'll be playing plenty of other teams after that that don't allow Marcus Rashford to run in behind like with 30 or to 40 yards to run onto the ball and score. It's uh, Some of the defending was completely laughable. And I mean, I completely expect for us to clean that up to some degree. And I expect for United to not 
run into that many. Ah, you missed David Luiz. Not really. I said yeah. to, we watched this game together. So and you lost four <laughs> Andrew, you want to hear something? We watched this game together, and my my brother Hugo was there, and uh, he started bringing up the whole "oh, they missed David Luiz" <laughs> bit, and we started laughing. I just said David Luiz would change none of this. This would have happened with or without David Luiz. <laughs> we saw it too many times last year. He was there for the six nil. He was there for the three one away at Tottenham, where we went down three nil in the first half. He was there for all of that. He's you know, he was a part of the problem, too. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, you know, I thought you guys missed more a lot yesterday. Antonio Rudiger. Sure. Uh, and obviously, N'Golo starting, but he's not been – he's only, he only played 20 minutes of the last preseason game, so he wasn't, like, game yeah. fit to start, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's jump around to some of the other uh, results from the weekend. Obviously, also on Sunday, Newcastle fall 1-0 to Arsenal. Uh, Aubameyang getting, like I said, mentioned getting on the score sheet. Liverpool go out and win four one against Norwich. Uh, you had Tottenham getting that late result against Aston Villa. Harry Kane getting his first two goals of the season. Uh, Javier, I'll throw it to you first. Who would you say, like, you know, we're not necessarily going to go into each individual game here. Who, who would you say outside of United? Who would who would you count as like one of your big winners from the opening weekend? So there was a couple teams that impressed me a lot. Uh, obviously, Manchester City getting their five nil win over West Ham. I thought just after Liverpool made a statement when you know going and putting four goals past Norwich. For City to go away and put five past West Ham, it was just that zero. Yeah. That didn't surprise yeah. me at all. I literally I, called I that on the pod the week before. It did. I didn't surprise me either. But I was and and of course, like West Ham do their usual bullshit where they put like the like the team that we talked about that Andrew mentioned on the pod, like a four nalls Rice Lanzini midfield and just got annihilated and Jack Wilshire and. Yeah, it was. Uh, Jack it was Wilshire, p- Declan Rice, pathetic Felipe to watch Anderson, them defending Manuel with that. Lanzini, Mikel Antonio team is going to concede five goals against a good team. It's it's with a backline of Ryan Fredericks, Fabian Balbuena, Issa Diop, and Aaron Cresswell. That is a fucking championship backline right there. How about that? Yeah, that is really rough. I can't believe that's what I was saying. I can't believe they didn't buy any defenders though, because. I mean, Diop had a really rough time. You know, he's had games where he's looked really good, but he, there was a, a lot of times last year where he was exposed, and yeah, I thought he got exposed a lot. But City, their usual self, De Bruyne, was, looks like he's back. Um, he was a little bit rusty in the first half, but in the second half he had a bunch of sequences where it just looked like, yeah, he's back and he's looking really good. And then, yeah, I thought Burnley and Brighton, two teams that I... I thought didn't do that much in the transfer window. Emphatic wins, 3-0 at home, Burnley over Southampton and Brighton, 3-0 away at Watford, which that's pretty crazy that they went and got that result. Um, they started uh, a five at the back with three just giant center backs um, with their usual dunk and Duffy. And then this a new guy. Uh, Daniel Byrne. Yeah, Daniel Byrne, but another like 6'4", 6'5", guy. And yeah, they just completely shut Watford down. Uh, were really impressive. First half, just played defensively, kind of weathered the storm. And then the second half, just switched to a little bit more attacking style and got their wingbacks further forward. And yeah, their new signing, uh, Neil uh, Maupe, got on the on the score sheet. And yeah, it seems like Brighton, this is the type of result they need to then build from this and, and have a push to maybe, uh, maybe stay up. And same thing with Burnley. I mean, this will this will build the confidence for them. 
Yeah, I just think those are two big results for me, and they were the the biggest winners for me this weekend. I'll give you my big winner from the weekend. I was impressed with the, some of the new guys that that came on the field, pitch for Tottenham in their in their their late win for uh, over Aston Villa. They they go down early. Uh, honestly, Aston Villa could have could have beaten them, could have put in a couple more early in the first half, and they weren't able to. But I was definitely impressed with Ndombele, who gets his first goal. Uh, you also had. Kyle Walker Peters starts and played well. I mean, he's not new, but you know what I mean. Like he he was out there, and the one concern, if I'm I'm Tottenham, is that Christian Eriksen came on and helped them win this game, and you definitely kind of want to see that. I mean, Lo Celso not ready yet, but I I was impressed with Dombele. Really nice opening goal, but if I'm Tottenham, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is if Eriksen is going to leave, who's going to be that guy coming off the bench to to activate that next like. That game-winning mode, you know what I mean? That that comes off the bench, like because this was their bench on 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 Saturday. Well, they didn't they didn't have Son. They didn't have Son. So yeah. I think usually Son would be that guy. But I actually was really impressed with Aston Villa. Too. Yeah, I, I, I thought, was I was very impressed with Villa. I thought this was. I thought defensively, like until Erickson came on, I mean they were. I think they were the like pretty much the better team until well, Tottenham until, changed things in the in the second half. Like they changed formation they did, and that, but, that helped a lot. But I was very impressed. But with like Villa were very impressive the way that they controlled the game. You know, were able to go up a goal and hold on for a while. Yeah, I mean, I I was never expecting them to really get a result. You kind of always knew that at some point. The flurry of chances from Tottenham was going to come, and the pressure was time was be running too out. Much, though but it was getting nervy yeah. there for the last like twenty minutes. It was, it was, and it was, it was impressive. From I thought that you know the, the Aston Villa back line, they were everyone was really calm in possession and in their midfield, and yeah, they looked dangerous on the counter. So uh, I think uh, they'll they'll be a team that's going to be hard to beat this year, home and away. I would definitely agree so. with that, Alex. Who you got for uh, big winner of the weekend? Uh, I'll go ahead and say Chris Wilder. The uh, Sheffield United manager. They went and got a point at uh, Bournemouth. Uh, everyone in England's been absolutely raving about the overlapping wingbacks, or not wingbacks, centerbacks, because they play the uh, 3-5-2 that with the outside centerbacks going and having their midfielders drop in to sort of uh, replace them. Uh, so those players are starting to look tastier in fantasy to me, even though they are like centerbacks. But um, yeah, I mean, they... They, uh, they, they looked like they belonged away at a Bournemouth team that we all know has been pretty much a mainstay in the Premier League for the last four or five years now. So they're one to keep an eye on. I, I think people are still not going to go quite as far and say that they're, they're, they're got, they've got a good chance of staying up. But I think they'll surprise a lot of people in a similar way that Cardiff did last year. Yeah, I could see it. All right, let's uh, let's hit some of our big losers for the weekend. I'm going to go first. I've got two here. And I mentioned it in the the opening kind of rampage there. Allison's injury absolutely killed what was a perfect opening of the season for Liverpool. Four one, just drubbing. Uh, I'm not even gonna say drubbing of Norwich because I thought Norwich played pretty well. They were creating chances. Norwich did they, play they well just, too. They also held. They, the, I think they, they had over two good chances in the first. They half. They definitely did. I also felt like they overpressed and opened themselves up a little bit too much for a team like Liverpool. But credit for them to trying to come out and play. I mean, we results have shown that doing that against Liverpool in particular at Anfield is probably not going to end well for you but the, the the best thing the worst thing about this entire game was that everyone for Liverpool played well and then Allison pulls up with that injury that was that was such a cr- soul crushing moment for me because the second that that happened all like I think we we're already up by 2-0 at that point and all I cared about with the rest of the game is 
what's the injury status? Like, I, I was watching the game, but I was more concerned about what how what's the the overall fallout. Uh, Liverpool did go and pick up another keeper. Uh, they added this Irish keeper, who I'm sure Alex knows, but um, sorry, who are you? Adrian's going to be talking about Liverpool. Liverpool added. Yeah, we I didn't see who you keeper. picked up. Oh, the, so Liverpool added uh, Lonergan on loan until. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, until yeah, he's not going to play. He's definitely not going to play. Well, let's hope not. So, yeah, yeah, but th- they played very well. The, the Trent out. Watch out. Things to watch out for. The chemistry between Trent Alexander Arnold's right foot and any part of Divock Origi's body that can score a goal is uh, that's definitely one to watch because he had a real like. Trent chipped him from like 45 yards out, and then Origi just coolly like touched it into the back of the neck. I, net, I get it. It was Norwich, but uh, Origi playing well on his first start of the season is Sadio Mane still getting back up to full fitness after recovering from the um, African Cup of Nations. And then my other big loser of the weekend, okay, he didn't have a great debut, but Christian Pulisic is just getting fucking slaughtered on the internet right now. And it just blows my mind that every Chelsea fan said, oh, he's not an Eden Hazard replacement all last January. And then over the weekend, it was Christian Pulisic can't do what Eden Hazard did and everyone getting mad about it. Like, he's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. He wasn't bought to be that guy. So it was his debut coming in off the bench when they were down 3 Exactly. Like, how much I want to know what echo chamber you're in because I literally have not seen any of that. Everything I've seen has been pretty much focused at Zuma, Aspilicueta, and uh, Pedro as the, the senior I, players who had the responsibility to make sure we didn't lose 4-0 no one's been blaming the 20 year olds let alone the 60 million signing 20 year old you know mount abraham poor sick they've all kind of come out of this as like no one really cares that they no one really places that much blame on them at least where with the people i'm interacting with that seems to be the general consensus but I'm not necessarily interacting with these people. I'm just seeing it on the TL. You know what I mean? Like, like there, are, there are just takes out there well, it, that are people already putting monstrous pressure. It, on it bleeds in well to what my my biggest loser pick for the weekend is, and it's just the general uh, knee jerk social media reaction. We we know it well. We see it all the time in every major sport and in, in every major news topic. The knee jerk reactions come quick and fast, so that they can just be put out there, so people can see them and retweet them and like them. But we need to screenshot these and, and like shame some of these people on the pod. Yeah, I mean that that happens a lot too, and you know it just brings them it brings those people more I mean, not, more I'm, attention. I'm not, you know, so I'm, I'm just, not. I'm not, no, no, I don't want to read their at. I just want to read the like the worst takes we can find from a Premier League weekend. Yeah, I mean, I could. Oh man, I'll look out for some. I can probably find a few. Really oh yeah, good ones. that's what I'm saying. The next time we see some bad Chelsea ones, accounts. <laughs> like, Oh, I will bring you some Liverpool ones. Ninety percent of them are going to be Jordan Henderson hate mail, but that's fine. But yeah, I had a real, I had a real big problem with, uh, with the, the knee jerk reactions, and it started on Friday where I just started seeing Norwich are definitely going down, popping up all over my timeline, whether it was on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, even people were saying, I don't see how Norwich can stay up playing like this. Every game is not going to be away at Anfield. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? How is it so difficult for people to understand this? And obviously, it, it it connects very closely to Chelsea and how we started our season. But it's it's the God's honest truth, you know. And it it, it took Crystal Palace or like ten games to get a win uh, two seasons ago. 
while Huddersfield had three or four wins to start the season. And Crystal Palace easily evaded relegation and Huddersfield had to evade it on like the last day. It's There's tons of examples of just a result that happens on the first day, a weekend of the season, just not looking anything close to what the end of the season looks like. So everyone just needs to calm down and just be happy that football's back. I would agree with this. I would 100% agree with this. And like I said, like you mentioned, the, the if you think that Norwich is getting relegated just by looking at the scoreline, you should go watch the extended highlights because Norwich did have a decent game and they like both both Allison and Adrian had to make saves against Norwich it's not like Liverpool just kicked the ball around for 75 minutes or for 75 percent of the game like Norwich came at us they tried shit like they also just got you know beaten by a better team Javier big loser of the weekend yeah my big loser of the weekend was Steve Bruce and his Newcastle um I thought you know, yeah, they were playing Arsenal, um, and we only won one nil. But you could just kind of tell from start to finish that they didn't really have a game plan. They were just kind of hoofing balls up the field, and every time they got a set piece, they would hauled every guy forward and you know hope to get someone on Brucey it. Ball. And yeah, I mean, they they didn't really get any chances whatsoever. Like it was. A pretty comfortable one nil win for us. Um, you know, we never really had to go out of second gear. Uh, I thought that uh, Ainsley Might Niles played really well, especially after the preseason gaffe that he had. Um, ended up getting the assist and was pretty much just completely shut down. Holy man of the match, wasn't he? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Aubameyang got it because he got the goal, but I think most most of the fans at least in fantasy, Maitland Niles was, was man, a of man of the match in fantasy. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought that uh, Nicholas Pepe had a had a you know quiet debut, but there were bl- flashes of brilliance where you where you saw the type of player that he could be. You know, very much looks like a type of you know someone like Wilfred Zaha. And yeah, I I liked Callum Chambers. This was kind of his re debut. I thought he looked quite solid. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong the whole game. Was another just you know very solid player. And then our, our two teenagers, uh, the first time that Arsenal in over 22 years has started two English teenagers, which actually surprised me. I'm surprised that Walcott and Wilshire uh, didn't start together as teenagers. Um, maybe the, the, the age gap was too much apart. But um, yeah, I thought Willock and Nelson, who you know both ended up, I, I don't know how many minutes they're going to get this season, but uh, you know once the rest of the team is back and fully fit, we had a really strong bench this game. But those two players, I thought, did really well for um, you know for an occasion being in an away game, and both of them, I thought, played really well, and you know didn't put almost a foot wrong. You know, occasionally they they did you know misplace a pass or two or make a a, a bad decision here or there, but for two teenagers that are you know making their you know real debuts for us in the sense that you know I think they've they've come on as substitutes before for for us and played five or 10 minutes before, but to start in a game like this, I thought it was, it was really impressive. And then if there's one negative that I didn't like, it was, it was Mkhitaryan playing. Um, I really didn't like him uh, at all playing in this game. And he, he was just the one guy that everybody, uh, you know, it, he just looked out of place and just every time that we were, had a good, you know, flow going, he would ruin it. He would mess up the final ball or, you know, a dribble or first touch. So please, Unai, don't don't play Mkhitaryan anymore. Hopefully once everyone's fit and fully going, he won't get much game time. But 
Yeah. Um, and then I, for Newcastle, uh, just briefly, I, I did like Joe Ellington. Uh, I thought he looked skilled and was the one bright point that I think Newcastle are going to get some joy from him this game or for, from from him this season. And yeah, I think that's going to be the one thing that Steve Bruce is going to lean on and have to base everything through that one guy. So good, a lot of, a lot of good debuts. I will say one thing that I'm generally concerned about before we're almost about to wrap things up here. Uh, generally concerned about player safety, considering the fact that Arsenal are concerned about not being able to use Kalasinash and Ozil because they're being stalked outside of their homes by the people that tried to like kill them last yeah, really week. Really scary, man. Like I, like I know Appar- we were joking about like, that, but like the like people apparently a gang has like said that they were going to protect like a like a Turkish or some sort of you know, Middle Eastern gang says they're going to protect Ozil and Kolasinic. And then a rival gang is says, Oh really? Like you're going to protect them. So we're going to redouble our efforts to like, you know, assault them or whatever. So it's kind of getting uh, a little bit out of hand and everything. And the police have gotten involved and yeah, we didn't bring them to this game because of safety issues and concerns of, you know, we couldn't a hundred percent guarantee the player safety um, we'd have to, you know, pay a lot of money or change a lot of security arrangements for those two players, you know, specifically because they're being targeted and and you know there could be someone armed that that attacks them again. So yeah, it's it's really bizarre situation. This, te- this teaches us a but, valuable lesson: don't associate yourself with known dictators, kids. With the uh, with known dictators, <laughs> do yeah. your best. Come on, to stay Nozio. away. I'm from pretty sure that dictators. wouldn't have happened if uh, if you hadn't been posing in those pictures. But yeah. Hopefully everything's okay. Nothing happens to them, and this just blows uh, blows away. So, all right. Well, uh, Alex, how you feeling before the Super Cup on Wednesday? How you feel like final thoughts? Final thoughts. It's another friendly. It's another warm up game. We need to use it to get uh, Ngolo fully fit. That's all I care about. Like, just don't get embarrassed and get some players more fit for the real games. Ah, Kepa was garbage again this weekend. Conceded four goals from five shots. All right, trash. Man. You're you're a part of, you're I'm a part excited. of the problem, Javier. You're a part of the problem. <laughs> please please re- resort to my losers of the weekend. He's gonna concede five more you're goals the to uh, to Liverpool. He's gonna concede nine goals in five. Well, days. he can't be a part of the problem because he's not really on social media. So I mean, he's just he's he's right. out here giving his old fashioned hot takes. His, he's his submitting old, his own them. bubble. He's in his own bubble. Yeah, he's he's submitting them to his local newspaper and wondering and he, why they're he not is. posting. He's on them. he's on he's on Reddit. He he delusion he he makes himself puts his delusional points out there with all the other Arsenal fans. He, he gets his own fix that way. You find me a rational Arsenal fan, I'll find you a liar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Alex, we're finishing ten points at least above you this year. I'm still in fifth. Awesome. Write it down, folks. <laughs> Write it down. All right, uh, that about wraps it up from us. Follow us on social media at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, and at GhostGoldPod. Uh, like, subscribe, and uh, review on iTunes. And as you know, we can we can listen on Spotify. I don't know if there's a review feature on Spotify, but if there is, it do it. Um, and until next time, for you.